Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. Uh, as always, I'm excited to be doing uh, this show, which consists of conversations with people and uh, helping to, to, to fill in the puzzle that is men's mental health in 2021. And, um, you know, we get a lot of different types of requests for guests on on this show and for conversations that we can have and we can throw out there for food for thought. This one here is one that uh, that if, if I was requesting guests, this is a guy that I would I would request. Um, we've had some some men on this podcast already talk a little bit about uh, some of the healing that they have gotten uh, with plant-based medicine. We've had people talk about ayahuasca, we've had people talk about psilocybin and I think it's safe to say that there's an awakening happening in the world right now where people are looking for healing or they're looking for therapy or they're looking for um, some creativity maybe in how they think. And they are turning to plant-based medicines to make that happen. Now we're not talking drugs here. This isn't a, this isn't the drug episode, although I'm sure at some point we will have the drug episode. We're talking about something a little bit different here. Well, the gentleman that I'm going to have on today uh, is building an entire, business around holding retreats, retreats for people um, who want to go on this type of, of journey, this type of discovery, this type of healing. His name is Jonathan DePotter, and I'm very grateful that he has taken time out of his very busy schedule um, to come and to uh, talk a little bit about what his company, uh, Behold Retreats, is all about. And he's got some really big picture things. Um, Jonathan DePotter, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here on HeCast today. Uh, hey, listen, you want to go out and change the world. <laughs> I've never been set up quite like that before, Mike. Um, hey, am I, but- am I wrong? Am I lying? No, I mean, I, I, I think I think same as you. I think uh, we have the same goal, which is trying to uh, rebalance energies in, in our world, right? And uh, I think he changed it as such a beautiful concept because, you know, we find ourselves at a particular juncture where the I think the male energy kind of... Um, is is out of balance with the female energies in the universe and and within each of each of us men generally speaking uh and so i think you know we we share a mission in the sense that we're trying to rebalance energies and uh bring bring the whole whether it's the whole individual or the whole community or the whole you know the whole world back into a better state of balance yeah and and i even right there, there are going to be some guys going, okay, balance. What, 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 what does that mean? And, and, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, plant-based medicines. There's a whole bunch of people who have a whole bunch of different opinions, uh, levels of experiences and, 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 and whatnot. What was yeah. it that brought you to this realization that there's something out of whack and, uh, and, and you feel a way that you can, you can create solution for that? Yeah, so so I'll wind way back. So I grew up, um, as, as you had mentioned just before before our chat, I grew up in Hawaii. And so I grew up with super hippie parents, super alternative environment. And I looked around and I didn't really resonate with anything that I saw in relation to that. So unfortunately in Hawaii, a lot of substance and drug and alcohol abuse um, and a lot of alternative people. And I just looked at 
both of those scenes and I said, neither of these are for me. Uh, and so I personally went down the, the route of complete atheism. I went down the route of the corporate world. You know, I went into management consulting, strategy consulting, um, big business world, pursuing, you know, the next promotion, pursuing the next client, the next deal, all of the those sorts of things. Um, and, and really, you know, despite a great relationship with my alternative parents, I didn't really put any faith in anything that was spiritual. And I was a, I was a strict atheist myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and now after five years, I was working in Hong Kong and, you know, getting promoted. I was leading a team of 120 consultants. Wow. You know, I thought that I had kind of, I was, I was ticking the boxes in terms of what a good life looks like at a decent apartment, loving girlfriend. But at my core, in my essence, I just felt like something was missing and I just didn't know what it was. Um, so I decided to take a year off. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that year, I, I basically traveled through South America and wound up at an ayahuasca retreat center with a couple of buddies of mine. And the amount of insights and downloads and corrections that were made in the space of a few days was just incredible. Uh, like it was just so incredibly evident how my mind was getting in the way of the beauty of life, um, at, at, only at my own expense. Right. Um, and so the fact that I had shut the door to spirituality, I mean, the, the door was completely blown off its hinges. If there was any door left there whatsoever or, or building left there whatsoever. Right, uh, right. and then, you know, just the downloads just came one after another. It's like, here's, I basically got, you know, I got a full download of all of the great things that I had done in my life and all of the not so great things that I had done in my life and the profound impact that I can have good and bad upon on other people. And it just showed me like, oh, okay, I want to be all of these things. And I want to be not so much of these things. And it was so it was super humbling, uh, super rewarding. And it really began me on on a fundamentally different path, which is, uh, you know, five years later, ultimately, what's led me to uh, launch Behold Retreats. Well, I, there's a lot to unpack there that, that we could unpack. I want to talk, I want to talk primarily about um, you know, what these substances or these plant-based medicines can, can, can do for you and, and how they helped you and how you've seen them help others. But I do want to unpack something first. I love the idea that you decided to rebel against your parents. So you went to work for, you know, a fortune 100 company and you busted your ass to get up there. That'll show them, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's comical, right? It's been this super humbling return to like, you know, you got to go back to mom and dad and be like, all right, you, you had some of the answers, right. And, and, and I had them completely wrong, which, you know, every child loves to do. <laughs> but it just shows that we like to rebel against our parents sometimes just for the sake of rebelling. Like if they would have told you that you kind of had the opposite of what many, many Gen Xers were, were, were are, are told or taught, you know, go out there, get a good education, get a good job, marry a good girl have a couple good kids just move forward that way your parents are a little bit more of the alternative side of things and so your version of rebelling was going and doing exactly what my parents told me to do to try and do and it's just uh isn't it funny how sometimes we have to just find our own way and we do that by rejecting what's put in front of us at first isn't that is that is that a human nature thing yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is really a, I think there's really a strong, unfortunate dynamic of identity by exclusion, right? Which is, mm-hmm. I'm not what I am. I am, I am what I'm not to a great extent, which is super dangerous actually. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, to be able to 
you know, for me, it was, it, it's been a really humbling process because by virtue of rejecting something that is part of you, right? Because it's part of your family, it's part of you. By virtue of rejecting it, what you're actually saying is that you are, generally what you're trying to say is that you're superior. Um, because if, you know, you have a better insight or you have a better understanding. And so um, there's there's some real danger in that. And it's, and it's, it's an unfortunate, I think, human characteristic to the mind, actually. It's, it's, it's a characteristic of the mind to make distinctions, right? And I think part of the reason that we collectively find ourselves in such a difficult situation is that the mind loves to distinguish and separate. It just loves to make smaller and smaller distinctions which separates things out as opposed to what we know, which is that we find the greatest joy and peace and love when things come together, when we unify, not when we make separations. But the mind just loves to find those separations. Do you think it's it's some sort of thing inside of us that just makes us want to stand out? I think I think that's definitely part of it. I think you know the ego, right? The ego wants recognition. It wants to be fed. Um, and you know, for for me personally, um, chasing those career you know, those career goals and those ambitions. And and this is reflected, I think, in the majority of leaders worldwide. They're chasing that success because of a an emptiness that they ultimately feel inside. Right. So it's very easy to to consider yourself logical, rational, truth seeker, driven, successful. All of these words that we've come to respect in the yep. modern world yep. um, and and you're doing so because you don't want to just spend the time looking at yourself and being in your own quiet presence and and dealing with you know perhaps some of the inner turmoil there's so many millions of distractions that we can continuously find whether it's on you know on social media whether it's on there's just very numerous right anything a streaming service or a, yeah there's a lot of stuff that that that's out there that's designed to take our attention and distract us from what's really um, important, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and um, recently I came across a term that I really love, which is pendulums, right? Which pendulums is the kind of these the swings of energy, uh, whether it's Wall Street bets and what's going on with Robin Hood or the election. It's very easy to get caught up in these energetic swings um, of, oh, where's, you know, where's Bitcoin today? Um, and, and all of a sudden you've just been sucked into someone else's world. And like we are all individually excuse my friends, but we are all divine creators that have been brought here to bring very special and amazing things into this planet. So the more time that we spend, you know, scrolling, death scrolling down USA today is the less time that we're bringing in our our true purpose into the world. Well, and I want to talk to you about this because I'm fascinated by the idea that you were this guy who shut off the valve to anything beyond what you see. Uh, you're a guy that 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 turned on the the, the corporate valve and, and moved down that direction. And at the end of the day, um, you know, you understand you've you've come to an understanding. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know you've come to a very different understanding than than that guy who did those things. Um, at the end of the day. I think that people sometimes have a hard time making jumps over to spirituality um, because they have preconceived notions as to what what that might mean. So before we kind of move over to that, let's talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about these plant based medicines. Um, Clearly, you had a good experience when you went down there. That's incredible. Um, It that that that's not the case for everybody, which I know is part of the reason why you're 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 building what you are. but at the end of the day, there's a neurological aspect 
to these things, whether it be, you know, you, you think about people who are microdosing uh, psilocybin these days or, or, or all the way to the granddaddy, which I, I think the granddaddy is or grandmother maybe is ayahuasca. Um, neurologically, when when these plant based medicines are put into play, um, why do they give such dramatic eye opening results? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a great question to ask actually. And to set the context for it, I wanted to share just a little bit about the state of your typical Western brain. So generally speaking, we have intergenerational trauma. So pretty much all of us were traumatized as children. Um, there's plenty out there. I won't go into the depths of that at the moment. Um, but ultimately it's common for people to rediscover childhood trauma um, that was suppressed or repressed early in life. Um, and even the most minor infractions by our parents can be can be really quite damaging um and personality so, shaping personality shaping absolutely limiting beliefs that were lodged into the subconscious you know age five you just can't distinguish between that which should take hold in your subconscious which is just mom um at the end of a bad day so the first one is intergenerational trauma the second is um I think what I would describe is overwhelm. We are faced with unbelievable complexity, right? Uh, you've got a can of soda in front of you, just the amount of information that's on that can of soda, uh, the amount of decisions we need to make in each day, the amount of complexity of information in relation to the fields and technology we need to interact with each day, it's overwhelming. And so what's happening in our brains is that because we haven't evolved to engage at that level of complexity, what's tending to happen is that we begin to make neurological adaptive shortcuts, which sounds good. It sounds positive. But what often happens is that we're taking the same neural pathways over and over and over again. And so over years or decades of taking these neurological shortcuts, what tends to happen is we're losing our neuroplasticity. So we're losing the very function of our brain. And so the example I give is that we all know people who, if you were to present them with some new piece of information, you already know how they're going to respond to that new piece of information. And that's just an example of loss of neuroplasticity, which is, which is a real pity. So that's the second dynamic is, um, is just overwhelmed by, by virtue of the context that we live in. The right. third is what I describe is the default mode network. Now, the default mode network is responsible for ego. It's responsible for identity. It's responsible for self-talk. Now, the National Science Foundation in the U.S. did some incredible research where they showed that your average person has between 12 and 60,000 thoughts per day. Now, pretty much 100% of those thoughts are about yourself. Uh, 95% of those thoughts are repetitive and 80% of those thoughts are negative. So we're only thinking about ourselves. We're thinking the same things about ourselves and we're thinking mostly negative things about ourselves. And the, these things are and most people hear those stats and they go, oh, not me. Um, and that's because these thought patterns are so deeply ingrained that people are actually no longer even able to see them for what they are. So if you say something to yourself like, oh, I should have done this, that's a judgment. That's not necessarily true. That's just what you should have done is exactly what you did because that's obviously what you did. Right. Uh, and so we always, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And it's like, no, that's that's all negative self-talk. And we've all got tons and tons of this. So that's just to kind of set the context of, of where the brain is for a Western, a, a modern Western brain, if you will. Right. And we're, we're, we're mostly unaware of that. Like you've, you've said that even you just saying that is giving people right now food for thought that, oh, wow. And they, and it helps them to kind of analyze uh, maybe how they're thinking or their, what their mindset is. But, but at the end of the day, the average Western mind is completely unaware uh, of, of the state that it's in. 
Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it, like you say, it's it's unaware. And so, you know, there's this whole field of study called metacognition, which is just to become aware of the thoughts that you're having. And, you know, and, you know, when we have negative thoughts, the right response is I'm having a thought. And that's okay. It's okay to have a thought, but just recognize that you're having a thought rather than, and don't judge yourself for having a thought either, right? Because you can get into the guilt for having the shame or the guilt for having the guilt or the guilt for having the fear, whatever it is, it's all your human experience. And so to allow and to welcome your human experience and to do so from uh, an abstracted and, and loving position and just to say, this is just, you know, this is my experience at this moment and that's beautiful and that's okay. And my experience is evolving uh, rather than to go, oh, you shouldn't be so negative with yourself. Like, no, that's that's really not it. <laughs> right. You're missing you're missing the point. Like saying that I would like to improve my thoughts and I'd like to be have more positive insights, that's one thing. But but what you're just talking about is kind of trying to whitewash something with the, it's not it's not bringing it down to the studs. Exactly, exactly. And, and so the paradox here, and there's so many paradoxes in relation to this work, is that you are already perfect as you are, mm-hmm. and you are here to evolve, right? So you're, you're perfect, like, just as you are, um, and you're here to evolve. So you you can create your own reality, you can create your future self. Uh, and that's where these plans come in. And these plans are incredibly powerful when they're used in the right context, um, in the right intention, um, to help us let go of all of those limiting beliefs, help us let go. Um, so, so kind of coming back to the neurology that you, you had requested. So, yeah. so medicine dampens down this thing called the default mode network. Now, when you dampen the default mode network, what you see in a brain, if it's, you know, in an MRI machine is a massive information exchange and massive reconciliation between parts of the brain that normally don't communicate. Right. And so for some people, when they think like, Oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to quote unquote, lose my mind. Mind. It's like, yeah, that's that's what's happening is like it's the best thing that's ever happened to you is that you're dampening down this thing, which is this I, me, my egocentric thing that it just has this clench. You know, it's like a clenched fist that is on your very being, but it's been clenched for so long that you no longer even feel it. Right. And so to have the feeling of that fist being unclenched around your very being is like, wow, like all of a sudden I'm, I'm being set free from myself to a great extent. Right. Um, and so you see this massive reconciliation that takes place across the, the, the parts of the brain. And that's when people have these huge insights. Right. So, um, you know, speaking directly to a male audience, you know, it's, it's common for men to say, oh, I, I love my wife. And then over here, they've got other things going on in their lives that, that don't reflect that, perhaps. Right. right? Now, that is an example of a compartmentalized brain. In a congruent brain, you don't have that. So you're having this thought over here, which is, I love my wife. And I'm having this thought over here where I'm going to go see and see if she's at all interested in me over here. Right. Now, those are two incongruent thoughts that are compartmentalized away from one another. And so when people have these experiences, there's congruence that's, you know, congruence within the brain. And they have these big breakthroughs, these big insights about, oh, this is keeping me from who I truly am. This is the, you know, these are the inconsistencies that I have in my life and my opportunities for improvement, because what these plant medicines tell you universally is that you're the only thing in the way of you. And so you just have to remove those bits of yourself that are no longer serving uh, your 
your future and your potential because we all have virtually unlimited potential. You know, I think, um, unfortunately, we have this really unhelpful paradigm in relation to mental health where, you know, we've set this bar at some subjective level. And, you know, if, if Jonathan is below this bar, oh, then he has a problem and needs to go see a psychiatrist. Right. And if Jonathan is above this bar, then he's totally fine. There's nothing to worry about. That's not it. The opportunity is for each and every one of us every day to improve our mental health and well-being and to Im- improve our quality of experience um, each moment through that elevation in consciousness. And that's really, you know, if we behold retreats, if there's one thing that we focus on, it's elevate your consciousness, you know, moving towards the light ultimately. Uh, and through that process, all of the other stuff, all of the other benefits, improvements to cognition, clarity of thinking, relationships, um, you know, the life satisfaction, uh, mood and behavior, all of these other improvements that all this other psychedelic research has proven now through John Hopkins and Harvard and Yale and Imperial College, all these amazing leading academic institutions. Yes. Those, the way I see those spiritually is those are a byproduct product of an elevated state of consciousness. So just focus on doing the mental and emotional work, getting big breakthroughs, and then sustaining those benefits with plant medicine so that you actually maintain an elevated state of consciousness. Now, the the, the reason I, I and, and we anchor on that is look at any psychedelic scene and tell me if that's what you think a amazing and happy and thriving group of people look like. And I think the overwhelming majority of people would look at that and say, no, that's not what thriving looks like. And, and they, and they would be, in my mind, they would be correct. Um, because these, these, these plant medicines in of themselves are, are neutral, right? They're just a tool, right? Um, right. The, similar to, you know, I don't like to get into the gun laws and stuff like that, but you know, it, it's just a tool. It's, it's just a thing. It's how you use it. That's very important. Yeah. You so know what? I mean, I'm, I'm in the, I'll give you a better example than a gun. Cause we don't want to, cause only not better. I shouldn't say it that way. I don't mean it like that. The example I use when it comes to money and teaching people about money, cause people have, uh, cause that's the business that, that, that I'm in. Uh, uh-huh. that's, that's how we keep the lights on and all that until he blows up and, and all that stuff. But that's, that's the business I'm in. And when I say, when I talk to people about money, I say to them, look, money is not good nor evil. It's a tool. It's like a chainsaw, you know, oh. uh, if you use a chainsaw properly, you can, you can, you can save thousands of hours of work on a project with just one tool. You can also, yeah. if you don't use it properly, you can also do a tremendous amount of damage and hurt yourself or somebody else. It's, yeah. it's not the tool itself. It's what you do with it. And, and it seems to me like that is a fantastic parallel to what these uh, plant-based psychedelics do for people. Yeah. Yeah. A chainsaw, a chainsaw for the soul to really be able to make it into this beautiful ice sculpture. If you, if you approach it, if you approach it with the right uh, intention, the right energy. I, I, somebody once told me, um, it was a radio DJ and he talked about, he talked about, um, he'd done acid a few times growing up in the sixties and, and he talked about it and he said, basically when you go on, on, on a journey like this with a substance like that, you're taking your subconscious, the line between your consciousness and your subconsciousness and you're removing that line. That's how he described that. Um, and, and that, that description always kind of struck with me and said, okay, yeah, I can, I can kind of wrap my head around that. Um, would you say that that's an accurate um, uh, metaphor as to as to what's going on when 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 you take these medicines? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty good description. One of our one of our advisors describes it as 
Um, they describe plant medicines as non-specific amplifiers of the subconscious. So very similar um, description, I think. And he's he's Harvard and Oxford psychiatrist, right? So super well trained um, in in relation to this. And I think I think yeah, you're gaining you're gaining access to parts of your mind that you don't even recognize are there, um, which is which is amazing, right? Because it's part of you. And you know, sometimes some of our clients are like, well, why would I want to access you know the the, the, the dark stuff that's in my subconscious. And the truth is that stuff man is manifesting in your character, right? So for me, it was generally impatience, quick to frustration, potentially even anger in the workplace in particular. Um, and I, and I didn't know why, um, I didn't know why those character traits were manifesting. I, I didn't feel angry, but I was, I was able to become angry. And so I was like, well, what is that? Where is that coming from? And then once I was able to unlock um, some early childhood traumatic experiences, it was like, ah, that's what it was. And like, there was, you know, tw- it felt like 20 or 30 pounds of weight was being lifted from my physical body. Those pounds have never returned. It's just been like, again, it's a, it's a freeing experience. That's a, and you know what, you're, you're, you're um, bringing up questions that I'm definitely going to be asking here. Um, because at the end of the day, I think people have pigeonholed because of our culture. Uh, like you say, you think about the psychedelic uh, group of people, a movement, things that 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 comes up into your mind automatically. Um, this isn't something that you do every weekend. Like for a guy like yourself, very educated on this, very. Um, in tune at home has been, uh, you've been, you've been, you've been transformed, um, all in a good way. How many psychedelic experiences with this type of medicine have you had in your life? I've now probably had about 40. Um, so after my first experience and, and to come back to a point that you made earlier. So I thought that I had had a pretty good experience for our first one. Yeah. It was very physically challenging. I now recognize that I wasn't well spiritually cared for. So I was well physically cared for. Um, they did everything that they could to, um, to take care of me. But the reality of this work is that the overwhelming majority of practitioners, um, don't really know what they're doing. Um, and so subsequent to that retreat, I actually attended about eight to 10 other retreats globally. You know, I was traveling around doing, I was doing my own personal work, right? I wasn't shopping around or anything like that. I was just like, I want to I want to, yeah, I want to understand this work because it's changed my mind so radically about so many things. I want to understand this work. I want to understand what good looks like for my, to do my own work, as well as I know there's something here that I'm going to be you know, drawn towards over time. Yeah. And so um, over that three and a half years, I thought that I knew what good looked like because I was attending the best retreats that were available on websites. Now, what I subsequently came to understand is I was lucky enough to stumble across uh, a beautiful family who does this work and this couple who's been guiding me now for uh, for quite some time. And I made more progress with them in the space of three weeks than I had made in eight to 10 retreats over three and a half years, spending tens of thousands of dollars um, at all these different retreat centers that were all rated five star. Right. Uh, and, and it's, it, and it makes, and I now understand the reasons for that. So I'll share with you, share with you kind of the, the high level dynamics and then we can, you can take the conversation. Yeah, um, no, please, please. Absolutely. So, so the first is that it's impossible for the untrained eye to know what good looks like, um, right? Because it's if you go to any of the retreat aggregator websites, the psychedelic retreat aggregator websites, universally, these retreats are being rated as five stars. So people are having profound experiences. That's right. not without a shadow of a doubt. And secondly, 
progress is being made, right? People are having these, of course, if there wasn't progress being made, they wouldn't be rating them as five stars, right? You wouldn't have been on this journey if you hadn't had some sort of form of progress in that very first journey in South America. So, so something is right there, but there's still an itch that needs to be scratched. That's it. That's it. And, and so if you go to these websites, what you can see is every single one of these retreat centers is rated as five star. Yeah. Now, the variability in the quality of this work, the depths and the complexity of this work, which is going into the spiritual realm. I mean, forget the complexity of the human body, but it's the complexity of the human body plus the spiritual realm, plus the plant medicine, plus often the dynamics of other people in the room. Right. And, and, and it's having a group of 10 or 20 or I've even heard there's retreat centers with 50 or 100 people in the room. That is energetic chaos. I mean, all of the science that's coming out from Harvard and Yale, et cetera, is telling us that these benefits are profound when there's two therapists and one patient, right? So it's a, it's a very sacred experience for one person to be very well taken care of. Uh, and so, you know, for, for us, a lot of the work that we've been doing for our clients is under a private sort of a context, right? We do, we do have group experiences as well, smaller, much smaller groups, but we do have group experiences um, because for, from a budget perspective, not everyone can afford, afford the private. Um, but the other dynamics are that, um, generally speaking, people are skipping the mental and emotional work, right? So they want to go on the retreat. They're really excited about the plant medicine retreat component. They're not so excited about looking at their emotional patterns. They're not looking so ex- so excited about looking at their mental patterns. And that's where the real benefits lie is really getting to understand and know yourself so that as and when these uh, opportunities, these trigger points, um, these moments in life arise, that you take that second, that split second and go, ah, this is one of those moments. And so, um, you know, our programs are really um, have been tailored over, uh, you know, the the 1500 or so clients that my coaches have served, they've yep. now brought yep. that program into, into us, you know, into our program for behold retreats so that um, clients can benefit. And it's really tailored so that people can see themselves much better than they ever have before. Um, now, the other dynamic is that, you know, this is an unregulated ecosystem, right? So whether you're flying out to Peru or Costa Rica or Mexico, this work is being allowed, but there's no governing body that sits atop of it. So there's a lot of very well-intentioned people out there that are doing this work you know the demand has gone up and up and up and as the demand has gone up guess what more and more people have said like oh i'm going to become a plant medicine worker so you just hear all these stories of like a guy like me goes down to peru has this first ayahuasca retreat all of a sudden he puts a feather in his hat and he starts serving ayahuasca to people and it's like wow like that and that is more common than uh, than most people would admit most people they you know the people that they might be doing plant medicine work they're like oh not this guy he really knows his stuff and dot 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 every Everyone's got that story. And it's like, I now recognize like, no, that's not, that's really not it. The people and the people who do this work at the highest level, they are managing the energy, right? So there's kind of three three classes of um, practitioner, I would say. The first is just feeding people medicine, right? So take this and let's see what happens together. The second are people who are more experienced in the therapeutic or somatic work, right? So the mental, the emotional and the body work. Yep. The third are the people who can actually do uh, what I would call the, the spiritual and the energetic work, which is actually managing 
the energies that are flowing through your body. There are people out there who can actually see uh, the energies that are flowing through your body. So as I started working with these coaches, um, she could see all of the video games that I was addicted to from a young age. Like she was seeing all of the images of those video games and she was able to describe them uh, in great detail. So, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So the guy, <clears throat> that uh, the guy that was climbing the corporate ladder, the guy who had closed his his mind to to, to anything of the spiritual realm, and and I, I just want to be that bridge because there are guys listening to this podcast going, "What the fuck?" Like they're <laughs> just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like how how mind blown are you? Like if you were to go back and talk to twenty one year old Jonathan and tell him what you know now. Like, that's a huge jump. What you just said, the fact that you're able to accept that somebody has this um, beautiful ability to to see, to work with energy like that, uh, that is a, that is a phenomenal thing you just said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And and look, we, we are scratching the outside of the skin of the onion. If you want to, if you want to go deeper into the onion and, uh, and really, and really think, have some of your listeners think I've lost my mind, then I'm, then I'm happy to go a little bit deeper as well. I mean, ultimately this whole universe is energy, right? Everything is just energy. And and now the quantum physics is telling us exactly the same as what the spiritual mystics has been telling us for millennia. Um, And everything is, is only energetic. There's no such thing as matter. It's just the intersection of energetic lines Um, and so and so the people who are doing this work at the highest level they are energy workers right and so they're moving energies in and out of you in order to move things out of your body out of your mind out of your torus field right we've all got this aura Um, the people who are doing this work at the highest level can actually feel your energetic lines right and so they're actually able to um, yeah to change your your aura as it were your your energetic lines and so everything that we do affects our energy energetic lines, right? So um, to give some some other examples that you might appreciate. So sure. the, you know, the, the, again, people who are doing this work at the highest level are able to tap into others' fields, as I've just described. And with that, they're able to tell things about other people, right? And so um, whether that's their level of consciousness, right? So people can tap into others' levels of consciousness. Now think think about the ramifications of that, right? So you're actually able to calibrate a level of consciousness. They actually use a a scale called um, Dr. David Hawkins scale, which is his levels of consciousness. Uh, And they're actually able to place a number against an individual uh, in terms of their level of consciousness. And that is how we, that's a large part of what we do, we use to inform our business. So it's, it's, and, and the clinical trials are also encountering a lot of these realities, right? So whether it's the, you know, the, the, the work from Harvard and Yale and Johns Hopkins, I've been following in very, from a very interested perspective, because there's a lot of language that needs to be chosen, right? So for example, yes. as energy, being moved out of the body, people can often feel that in the room. And so I was speaking with one of the researchers from Yale and I'm saying, so how, how are you guys, what word do, are you actually using to describe this spiritual reality? Uh, and they're like, oh, we use the word energies or entities. Um, so often there's these you know autonomous energetic entities that are being removed from, um, from our individual bodies and are kind of released out 
into the room uh, when when this work is being done. And this is why often it's a bad idea to be in a room of 20, 50 or 100 people because everyone's doing this. Everyone's releasing autonomous energies from their being. And those autonomous energies are finding their way into other places, shall we say, say sure. other people. So some people can actually come a, a week later, feel actually more messed up um, because they've picked up some energy from that wasn't theirs when they walked into into the retreat setting. So uh, there's so many different directions that we could take. Uh, we could take wow. this one. But yeah. It's really interesting, right? The psychedelic research, it really represents the intersection of the scientific and the rational world and the spiritual world. And that's what that's what's most exciting. Well, you know what? They all link up at some point, right? Like and and I mean, it's it's really the limits of this whole thing is the limits of our understanding. Yeah. And, you know, I think back to, you know, somebody used the example of if you brought a, a, a calculator back into the 1800s and you showed it to somebody, you know, they're, they're immediately uh, that culture, that time, that place, they're immediately calling you some sort of a, you know, a, a wizard or a magic user or something like that. They don't understand that it's, you know, just simple technology. And as we move forward um, in our understanding of everything, I think that many times the technological advances that we have made kind of trump everything for people. But really, at the end of the day, when it comes to technology, we're scratching the surface. So why not in other areas of life, spirituality, biology, all of these other, these other things that we're talking about, we know so little compared to the entire picture. And what it seems to me is that you guys are, are, are doing a really um, thoughtful job of, of teaching people what that picture might look like in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And I think, I think you've touched on a couple of the key points there, right? Which is that the, the quantum realm, the subjective realm, the, you know, the nonlinear, the exponential realm is really what we're talking about. And, and many of these realities are, they, they are subjective, right? Like I can't prove my love for my girlfriend to you. You right. can't prove your love for your girlfriend to like, right. and people are like, well, prove to me, you know, prove to me that God is real. And you're like, it's subjective. Like it's, it's experiential. Like you can't prove this stuff. Like we all recognize that the emotion of love exists. Like yes. everyone recognizes that, but we can't prove it. Like <laughs> right. you can measure and, brain. And love is not the only intangible that you can do that with. It's just the one that we kind of all accept universally. We write songs about it. We all, okay. Yeah. There's a holiday about it that we just celebrated. Okay. But there are other versions of quote unquote love that are different that are universal like that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's, you know, as people, um, what tends to happen as people do their own work is that it starts with experiences, which are related to self, right. Which is what I described with my first experience. Um, and then as we clear out more of our own, um, backlog, if you will, to take a technical term, um, then we can have more of these universal experiences where we come to understand the relationship between ourselves and the universe, which is really what we're talking about. When we talk about consciousness, it's about understanding the relationship between us and, and the universe at whole. And, and, you know, there's a great paper by the CIA and it's actually on the CIA website. I'm happy to send you the link, which describes the nature of the universe as holographic, right? Which is the part is made of the whole 
whole and the whole is made of the part. Um, and so that's, that's the relationship between us and the universe. And when you have that experience yourself where you are the universe and it's like, it's, it's incredible, right? I mean, you no longer exist in any sort of rational or tangible way. Um, and so there's these sets of experiences that as people are elevating their consciousness, you know, universal love, um, interconnectivity of all things, God consciousness, you know, all the way up towards enlightenment, if, if you know, it's a bit of a charged term, but uh, all of these experiences are, are available. And there's, and there's, what's interesting about this is now that I've connected with, you know, people who really understand this work, there is no upper bound on this stuff. Like there's really no upper bound. It just keeps on going. There's no limit to how much you can elevate your consciousness. Um, and you know, there's, there's something to be said for this. And it's, it's, um, you know, I think a lot of the, the narrative in relation to psychedelics at the moment, I think, unfortunately is surrounded by treatment and how to get from like negative three back to zero. And it's like, eh, boring. Let's take the people who are already performing at a high level and get them operating at such a high level that their only motivations are to set up the planet for future generations in the most amazing and incredible and beautiful way, because that's what we need. We need people who are just like focused on creating that future. We don't need people to get back to, okay, now I'm more motivated to go, you know, swimming a few more times, whatever it is, right? That's not it. (laughs) Talking game changer stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you've been affected personally, like this was a game changer to you, the entire trajectory of your life changed as a result of this. We have guys who are going to be listening to this, that they are knee deep in their compartmentalized life. Everything's Mm -hmm. compartmentalized. And what you're talking about, um, I think for some people, it might create a tremendous amount of fear for those people because if you get rid of the walls between the compartments then what do i have you know and 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 so maybe talk to the idea about how how much better it is on the other side (laughs) yeah yeah well the fear is completely natural right i mean i I sometimes describe this as climbing the everest of your soul right not from like a an achievement sort of a perspective but like this is deep work this is challenging work like i've i've never done anything more difficult personally i've done some pretty hard stuff you know a lot of 3 a.m's with spreadsheets and data migrations and all that nonsense um and uh that's that ain't no fun and this is this is hard work like with without a shadow of a doubt but but it's the best thing because you are harmonizing your inner world And so everything that you could ever have dreamed of in your outer world can be manifested through consciousness, right? So the way that we're growing our business, yeah, like I do spreadsheets and PowerPoints and podcasts and all this other real world stuff, but ultimately I'm focused on creating through consciousness. Uh, And and that's something that is available to absolutely each and every one of us. Um, And, you know, you hear all this, like my my ex-girlfriend, she was into this, like the secret and stuff like that. When I first heard of that stuff, I was like, oh my God, please stop. Like, I can't even watch this stuff. And now I'm like, oh, I was just completely misguided. Like I totally get it. Like that totally makes sense. That is how the universe works. So, I mean, the, the, Again, I I will come back. Everyone out there has unique gifts that they can bring to bear for the benefit of mankind. And so, you know, if you're 20 years deep in audit and you've, you know, you've got fluorescent lighting poisoning, um, there is something that's there out there for you. Right. And and you have something (laughs) you have something to bring into the universe that could be beyond audit. Uh, And so it's, uh, you know, (laughs) so it's so for me, it's like, yeah, like. There, 
we have we have access to divine guidance to put us in the right direction. Um, the universe has our interests in mind, and all we need to do is to find the courage to listen. Now, you know, again, I'll caveat that by like by saying find experts, right? So whether or not you work with Behold yes. Retreats, like I really don't mind. But instead of speaking to someone and asking them, did you have a good retreat experience or did you have a good plant medicine experience? Ask rather to speak to clients who have managed to make massive, substantial, positive improvements to the quality of their everyday life. Right. The retreat itself is is noise, right? It's noise. Um, I mean, it's important that you you do it well, but it's the what's what's important is that people who they've worked with have had fundamental shifts to their quality of life across everything, right? So across their health, um, physical, emotional, spiritual, across their relationships, across their uh, line of work. Like you should be hearing stories of transformation. That's how you know that you found an expert uh, because everything about their, that person has changed. Everything about their lives has changed. Right. It wasn't just a, a really good vacation um, exactly. that had something really unique happen, you know? Um, well, okay. So I want to, I want to finish um, the podcast talking about the process of what it is that you guys are doing. And then the mm. last thing I want to ask you is what you see for yourself bigger than this outside of behold, because um, the answer you and I've talked about that already is astounding what you want to do. And I want to get into that for, for, for how we finish things off because I appreciate visionaries and you have a gigantic vision when it comes to this stuff um, and how you're going to kind of merge your old world with your new world. And I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm still, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and I'm still blown away by it. Um, so I, this is something that I particularly would be interested in and many other people who listen to this would be interested in. It's like, okay, so uh, behold, dash retreats uh is the website behold dash retreats.com right yeah and um i go there and 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 i'm like okay i want to go on a plant-based uh retreat i understand that the way that you guys set it up is that you give me work to do beforehand so i come prepped ready to go um i'm willing to do that work what does it what does it look like where do we go from there where are the retreats held and uh how long are they and um is there work afterwards yeah. So, so the customer promise that we've recently landed on and with some help, it's been so funny. I spent my whole life in the corporate world doing like unemotional writing. And so doing like human writing for me is, is proven to be difficult. Um, so the customer promise that we've landed on is seven years of progress in seven weeks. So it's a seven week program. Um, and, uh, and, and if we don't fulfill that promise, you, if a client doesn't feel like we fulfill that promise, very easy. We give them their money back. It's just as simple as that, right? We're oh talking my about God. We're talking about the spiritual work, like like we're going we're going past money, right? Money is just a measure of energy, as inches is a measure of distance. Like money is so it's so passe, right? Like we're going way past money, and and we're going to go fast, right? And I think all the stuff that we see in the markets and stuff, exercises in the absurd are definitely going to speed us up, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of challenges, but we need to we need to move we need to move quick, uh, and so uh, and so yeah, that's that's ultimately our promise. So three weeks beforehand, um, you know. We We've got incredible coaches. You'll be guided by the coaches that have given me my major, major breakthroughs after my years of puttering around. You know, <laughs> the analogy that comes to me is like leave trial and error to baking cookies. Like this is <laughs> this is still work. Like we've got a pretty good formula that's been you know refined over decades that that comes from these coaches. So you can just tap into that. You'll be guided by exceptional coaches three weeks beforehand to really help you prepare and get to know yourself on a, in a much deeper way. 
Um, and what's been great is to see that our clients are having breakthroughs even ahead of the retreats, right? And so a lot of the clients are saying, well, well I'll wait till COVID is done. Uh, and it's like, well, well, no, actually, you can begin to do a lot of this work now. And what we're doing is we're extending the program of no extra charge for our clients because you can start to do, you know, the metacognition that I spoke about before. You can start to do uh, the emotional processing and actually releasing out some of those energies far ahead of a retreat so that when you come into the retreat experience, you've actually let go a lot of the negativity and all of that stuff because you've had weeks if not months of time to prepare for that experience and so moment you know what's what's incredible about this and i and i know this sounds like sales nonsense but i promise you it's not the moment that people make a deposit they're not investing in us right they're investing in themselves the moment that they make a deposit is the moment that things start to shift for them so the universe has recognized their desire to make that shift and it's similar in the coaching world right if you pay 50 dollars for online coaching or $10,000 for online coaching, you're going to get so much more if you spend $10,000 for the same program because it's a commitment to yourself that you're making, right? Yes. Um, So three weeks before, then a week-long retreat. Our retreats are in Mexico, Costa Rica, Peru, Netherlands, Portugal. Um, And we're very close, fingers crossed, to agreeing a first place here in Asia, uh, which is is exciting. Uh, And then three weeks after, right? So what tends to happen with people, I haven't gone into this uh, and I should have, what tends to happen is people have, they go on a plant medicine retreat, they have this profound experience, big breakthroughs, downloads like I had. And then a month later or a couple of weeks later, they are exactly back to square one. And this is exactly what happened to me. So I had all these huge live lessons that I wasn't able to integrate into improve my quality of experience. Like, yeah, I had a, a really great chat with my mom and my dad and blah, blah, blah. But ultimately I really returned back to who I was before. And that is so easy. Right. These are decades old neural patterns. And so it's super easy to just slip back into into who you are. So it's the grooves um, on the so highway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the three weeks afterwards of like, you know, taking the opportunity to clear out what is no longer serving you. Right. So if the boys are coming over and want to take you out drinking on Friday night, like you're going to have to recognize that, that that's going to happen. You're going to, you want to be proactive and probably call each of them one by one and be like, look, here's where I'm at. You know, love you guys. I want to do more of these sorts of activities with you guys. And I'm not going to do those sorts of activities with you guys. And that's, you know, that's, that was part of my journey. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's really about, you know, clearing out even your physical space. And, And so setting up your, life, clearing out your life and recognizing these and and documenting every day, like here are the commitments I made to myself, be more loving, be more kind, be more grateful, be more thoughtful. Did I live up to that? Not with this meeting, not with that meeting. Okay. So tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to do this again. And just getting into that habit and that rhythm of like, I know who I'm going to be. Uh, And that's what these retreats are for is to create your future self, right? Um, Really define that future self before the retreat, embody it on retreat, and then move towards that future self rapidly um, through the retreat and and thereafter. And that's really what our programs are all about is like, let's make massive progress in a short space of time so that you're empowered. You've got all the tools to do what you need to do to continue your growth with or without us. Um, it's amazing. And a, a, a visual picture, you call them downloads. And I think that using the word downloads, like the insight, the idea of insight and and, and using a, a, a technical term like downloads, I think it's a really good term. One that just hit me as you're saying this, imagine you have the opportunity to take all the fences that you have built in your life 
and take them right down. So you can see your entire world in front of you with no fences whatsoever. And then once you get back, you have the ability to start putting up the fences, the boundaries, if you will, uh, that are important to you about who you really want to be rather than uh, if it's based on, uh, you know, shit from your family or stuff from, from traumatic experiences growing up or whatever. It sounds like this is the ability to get rid of all those fences so you can build the proper fences of the life that you want to have. I love that. It's such a great analogy. It's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And, and yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, taking, taking back control, but not in a, not in a negative way, right. In a really beautiful and positive way. Yeah. Not in a, not in a, I'm holding on to it and I can't move paralyzed type of control. It's, 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 it's like jazz. (laughs) I love that. That's a, yeah. Jazz is another, and, and, the, and, the, and that's, it's the jazz of life. Right. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's so much of this work is about understanding that the universe that's in front of us is being, pre- we're always being presented with our next growth opportunity. Like everything, like every moment is an opportunity for you to learn something and to change a habit pattern that you've got in your, in your being. And so even if you're just walking into a restaurant and ordering something, there's, there's a learning opportunity in every single one of those moments, a finer distinction, a finer tunement of how you engage, how you interact, how everything. And so the moment that we recognize the game of life, that that, that jazz is being played and that we just need to, um, you know, we just, we just need to be you know, open our ears and, and just, you know, stay tuned with our violin and be ready uh, for that moment when, when, when the time is right. And just play. Play. And that's so what it funny. is. And I think that that's where so many people get caught in life is that they, they're not just playing, they're doing, they're, they're, they're existing when at the yeah. end of the day, you can take all that pressure off and you can just play. And what you play is beautiful and it's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and, and, and that's just it. But we, we have, we, we love to have this future state when things will be right and then we can be happy. Right. So we deny ourselves. It's like, well, once I get back in shape and, you know, honestly, if we turn the corner on profitability for our company and dot, 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 these three conditions and and then I'll be happy. Guess what? Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You just set three more conditions. Like be happy now. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I, uh, Hey man, the idea that there is uh, uh, there are techniques combined where you combine um, some personal development and and some you know maybe therapy or, or questioning yourself that sort of a thing with some of these um, biological um, tools that we have been given that can allow people just to do that just to be happy in the now. I'm a big I've talked about this in the past. I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and and the idea of of being able to let go of the past, let go of the expectation of the future, whatever that is, and be, um, you can be bulletproof, so content in that moment to live in the now. And, and it seems like you are building an entire model around doing this. I'm going to tell you this straight up, Jonathan, um, at some point, some way, as he kind of blows up and does its thing, um, we're going to, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this for sure. I would like to document it as well. Um, cause I want to help people as well. I want to help people. And, and if I can show people, uh, how this can work. So at some point you and I are going to be talking about this and we're going to see how we can do that first and foremost. Um, 
I'm really excited about this behold-retreats.com. So behold-retreats.com is where you go. Uh, check it out and take a look at it. Now I want to talk, I want to finish off by asking you, I asked you when we met before what your end game is. And yeah, you want to get Behold doing its thing and, and, and all that, of course. Of course you do, you know. But you yourself personally have, have, have a pretty big aspiration. Do you remember the aspiration that I'm referring to? Yeah, I mean, I, the plants tell me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think the next step for me is um, as Behold Retreats turns the corner, I'll, I'll actually share the motivation that sat behind Behold Retreats and the, the story of how it's come come to be very quickly. So the what I was motivated by was to bring plant medicine to Asia um, because Asia has plant medicine traditions in its history, sure. uh, just not these particular plants. They've kind of been they've kind of been removed. Um, so anyway, so I, at first I was thinking I'm started an advocacy group and legalization and try to begin to turn the wheels in relation to that right in asia harmony is all important like you just don't want to be going against like even going into a debate or discussion it's like that's really not the asian way and so i realized that like in order to be in harmony what i really wanted to do was to bring people on the highest quality experiences so for them to go and have the highest quality possible experience come back and share their transformational stories so behold retreats actually for me was focused upon okay this is this is trying to create a vehicle so that people can have transformative experiences, come back, and we'll just naturally and, and harmoniously build the momentum in Asia on, on this subject. Then I looked around and I said, well, I just assumed that people in the US and in Europe were already doing what we're doing with Behold Retreats. It, like, it seems like a pretty obvious model. You do a holistic program that guides people. I looked around, I was like, nope that's not there. And so I just went, okay, well then it's global business. And so we've, we've gone really, you know, we've actually just started now in the Canada and the U S with some of our, you know, PR and all that sort of nonsense. But um, it was like, Nope, no one's done this really in the way that I would want it done now, given what I know. So I was like, all right, so it's a global business, but what I really want to get to actually um, as we turn the corner on profitability and whatnot for behold retreats, I want to go and consult government. So governments actually need to understand what this work represents. And they're terrified of the people who have dyed hair and, and too many piercings and yep. beat down on the window going, you got to legalize. Like, and they're just like, I don't know what these people want, but keep them away from me. Yeah. Uh, so they actually the governments need someone to suit up and to go explain to them the, the science. And so for, for, for many countries, it's actually very difficult for people from that country to go, you know, generally speaking, if you're a consultant, you are not necessarily going to tie yourself to psychedelics, plant medicine. Right. And so they actually, there needs to be a group of people who are willing to suit up and go sit under fluorescent lightings for long periods of times and click through PowerPoint side and say, this is your brain. This is your brain on plant medicine. And, and to step, uh, step, you know, ministers of justice, ministers of health um, through, through the understanding of what these experiences are. And then, you know, fingers crossed, who knows, they might like to go on a, on a little group retreat and see, see what might come of it. <laughs> That um, So I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. I love Joe Rogan, and uh, I listen to him a lot. And one of the things that he says when he gets frustrated with government officials and whatnot is, man, they, all these fuckers just need to go um, uh, and do mushrooms for a weekend and then see how they feel, you know? And, 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 and the idea that you want to bridge the gap between um, these, these titans of, 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 of leadership that in many ways are so unplugged and you yeah. want to bridge the gap and you want to help plug them in, not just as a, as a legalize or an advocate, but you actually want to, to do like, you can't, I cannot tell you how 
that makes me feel that there are people in the world like you that want to do this because it needs to be done so badly. And, and like you said, somebody needs to suit up and do it. And the idea that you're actually wanting to bring a level of enlightenment to government um, blows me away. And I, and I, Hey, I'm an optimist. I totally am. I think it's possible. I just love seeing someone inspired wanting to do that. And Jonathan, like when you told me that I haven't been able to stop thinking about, it. I've been thinking about it like every other day since you and I have had that conversation. And I'm so grateful that guys like you exist, man, that you want to go and do this. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I love that, that term that you said, I actually just wrote down, plug back in. That's a super powerful word. Um, and it's, it's super powerful, right? Like plug yourself back in. This is what this work represents. It's like plugging yourself back into the broader power outlet, right? The energetic outlet. Um, and, you know, I think there's, it's, People like, oh, you know, these systems are no longer serving us, right? The financial institutions are all corrupt and broken and the healthcare is corrupt and broken and the government is corrupt and broken. And it's like, yeah, but these are all divine human souls that we want to bring on the same journey, right? So it it all starts with us having our own, you know, us raising our own consciousness. The example that I absolutely love is Gandhi, right? This one guy who was operating, he had uh, by Dr. Davis Hawkins scale enlightened and he's, he, he got out there and you know non-violent means and mechanisms and managed to free india from the the world's largest empire one guy non-violent means right and so all it takes is you know more and more people to focus upon elevating their consciousness recognize it's not an abstract concept at all we can all elevate our consciousness the moment we do we're going to have way better conversations we're going to have much more drive we're going to have passion for what we're doing and that's just exponential and not only that but people are going to see that shift in you and here's the you know i love to speak to the ego a little bit right the moment that people see that shift in you is the moment they're going to be motivated to come and speak to you and go hey you've changed a bit how did you change? What did you do? What's different? What's going on? And the moment that people do that, then they're focused on doing their own work. And then it's like, boom, it's all going to happen. It's all going to happen fast. I'm, I, I'm optimistic. I think, you know, people are telling me that Mad Max was filmed in 2021 or, or was set in 2021. I'm like, yeah. Oh dear, I guess that's one option, but let's, uh, let's create a different option. How about that? <laughs> oh my God. And, and I just, um, I can't tell you how, how amazing it is to hear, um, someone who is as optimistic as you and, and, and wanting to, to do something as big as what you want to do. I'm so grateful for it. Um, as we build the communities inside, he changed it. And as the app keeps it evolving and stuff, I definitely, definitely want to have you in there sometime with me hanging out and us, uh, you know, maybe fielding some questions and things with people. But in the meantime, uh, what's the best way for people to uh, to follow you? Do you got social channels that you like throwing out there or what's the best way for people to kind of uh, um, glob on to what it is that you're doing? Yeah, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Jonathan D. Potter. Uh, you can find us on Behold Retreats on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And it's not uh, the or- initial D, it's like D-E. D-E, yeah, D-E space Potter, originally a Dutch name, uh, it was originally Belgian. Um, and uh, yeah, you can you can find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to have a chat. Always happy to help. Um, we've uh, you know if if you're interested in the plant medicine journey, um, yeah. come through our website and you'll speak with either me or or one of my team. And uh, yeah, we're we're just you know we're still early in our journey, but um, super motivated by the breakthroughs we've been giving clients. So so yeah, we're we're excited. We're we're moving. <laughs> well, you know what? It's a it's I feel the same way about what he changed. It is doing, and and I get the easy part. I, I sound like a broken record, listener 
listeners hear me say this all the time. I get the easy part. I get to host the podcast. My wife and her team are actually the ones doing the heavy lifting and 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 building this thing. Um, I got to tell you how grateful I am for you, man. I'm uh, I'm just as grateful after this conversation as I was from our first one. And I know that our paths are going to cross. Um, I'm a little not trepidatious. Uh, that's not the right word. Um, I'm, I'm a little, maybe intimidated might be it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more, way more excited about, about this and, and, and the personal breakthroughs. That's just me personally. I'm even more excited that we get to, to, to spread this word a little bit and get people thinking about themselves, maybe creating a level of awareness, uh, in themselves that they might not have had. And that's very exciting too. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and, you know, despite the number of journeys that I've been on, I have that same feeling before each and every one. Oh, that's good to know. That's really yeah. good to know. Um, because each journey is an adventure unto itself. Right. And it's, and it's, it's the, you get to experience this, the enormity of the self in the, in the tininess of the self. And it's all happening, you know, there at the same time. And it's, uh, and you just come to realize that like, wow, each one of them is a big, is a big wow. And, you know, if what I say is that each, each adventure should summon some butterflies in the stomach, right? That's part of the adventure. If it doesn't summon a bit of the butterflies, then it's, then it's not an adventure. Uh, thank you for that. That's uh that's, that's great perspective to know that, that you still have that kind of excitement. And it's, it's the kind of excitement that I have, you know, before I go see a, a rock concert or my favorite band or something like that, those butterflies, that's to me, that's, that's life being lived in color. And, uh, and, and I, I really, really am grateful that you guys are setting this up. Um, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to being on the, on the podcast today. And I look forward to our next interaction, man. Beautiful. Mike, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. There it is, everybody. They go so fast. Another episode of HeCast is is completed. Um, yeah, I just uh, this is the stuff that uh, to me uh, makes life worth living is talking about this stuff and getting out there and 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 really um, having some introspection. And Jonathan certainly helped me with that today. I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. If uh, if you were impacted by this or any of our podcasts, I would ask that you share it, uh, subscribe, and of course. Download He Changed It, available in the stores now. Lots of new features coming in even this week. I, I just I just saw three new features that are being added to it. Uh, Fast and Furious as we are going to uh, move the needle on men's mental wellness and men, men's mental health. Um, that's another episode. Thank you very much for He Cast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. Go change something. <laughs>